1: Inside Sources. Inside sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. As Ricky Meese just pointed out, it is December the seventh as we celebrate the 79th anniversary uh, and memorialize that uh, day, which uh, the president said would live on in infamy. And as we look at where we are today. As surely that kind of uh, threat is not in front of us Uh, in terms of military might. Many are uh, feeling the same kind of fear and anxiety and frustration as it relates to the pandemic and what that's doing to us, not only physically as a nation, but what it's doing to us economically, what it's doing to our communities, what it's doing to our our young people who are feeling isolated and uh, filled with anxiety and stress and uh, that disconnect. Uh, that comes from not being part of uh, the community the way we have been in the past. Uh, and so I wanted to glean a few lessons uh, from Pearl Harbor from that day. And typically, typically when we talk about Pearl Harbor, we go uh, we go right to uh, the President of the United States and uh, his famous words that this day would live on in infamy. Uh, but I actually want to go a, a little bit further on that. Uh, most people do not recognize that the first person to address the citizens of the United States of America after the bombing at Pearl Harbor was not the president of the United States. It was the first lady of the United States. It was Eleanor Roosevelt who spoke first to the nation. And I maintain uh, that her speech is the better speech. Uh, the, the president gets the, uh, the credit for uh, for a line or two, but the the speech that Eleanor Roosevelt delivered to the nation uh, could easily be tweaked slightly and be delivered today, and people would say, Wow, yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling. That's exactly what I needed to know. Uh, and so, part of what we want to do on this program is I, I'm going to play the speech from Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, most people d- didn't know that uh, Eleanor Roosevelt had a weekly radio show. Imagine that, uh, emanating from the White House every week. And At first, of course, once uh, Pearl Harbor was struck, uh, there was talk of canceling the show, of her not appearing, of of waiting, let the president speak first. In the end, they decided to move ahead. And what I'm going to ask you to do uh, is listen to this in the context, not only of what happened uh, in uh, Hawaii at Pearl Harbor on December 7th of 1941, but I want you to think about it in the context of where we are today as a country. And there are so many of these same lessons, these same calls to action that we need to heed today, uh, just as if uh, Eleanor were speaking to us. So take a listen.
0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm speaking to you tonight at a very serious moment in our history. The cabinet is convening and the leaders in Congress are meeting with the president. The State Department and Army and Navy officials have been with the president all afternoon In fact, the Japanese ambassador was talking to the President at the very time that Japan's airships were bombing our citizens in Hawaii and the Philippines and sinking one of our transports loaded with lumber on its way to Hawaii. By tomorrow morning, the members of Congress will have a full report and be ready for action. In the meantime, we, the people, are already prepared for action. For months now, the knowledge that something of this kind might happen has been hanging over our heads, and yet it seemed impossible to believe, impossible to drop the everyday things of life, and feel that there was only one thing which was important, preparation to meet an enemy no matter where he struck. That is all over now, and there is no more uncertainty. We know what we have to face, and we know that we are ready to face it. I should like to say just a word to the women in the country tonight. I have a boy at sea on a destroyer. For all I know, he may be on his way to the Pacific. Two of my children are in coast cities on the Pacific. Many of you all over this country have boys in the services who will now be called upon to go into action You have friends and families in what has suddenly become a danger zone. You cannot escape anxiety. You cannot escape a clutch of fear at your heart. And yet I hope that the certainty of what we have to meet will make you rise above these fears. We must go about our daily business more determined than ever to do the ordinary things as well as we can. And when we find a way to do anything more in our communities to help others, to build morale, to give a feeling of security, we must do it. Whatever is asked of us, I am sure we can accomplish it. We are the free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. To the young people of the nation, I must speak a word tonight. You are going to have a great opportunity. There will be high moments in which your strength and your ability will be tested. I have faith in you. I feel as though I was standing upon a rock. That rock is my faith in my fellow citizens. Now we will go back to the program which we had arranged for tonight.
1: All right, again, that's Eleanor Roosevelt on December 7th, 1941. Uh, I love the fact that she spoke to the nation first. I love the fact that she acknowledged her own fears, her own anxieties, her own worries as it related to her children and what was coming next. She spoke to the women of the country. She spoke to the citizens of the country. She spoke to the young people of the country. Uh, She spoke to the country as a whole, that we are the free and unconquerable people of the United States of America In talking to the young, she said, you're going to have great opportunity. Uh, They will be tested, but I have faith in you. And I love the fact that she concluded by saying, we are that free and unconquerable people of the United States of America. Uh, And so, surely we we have been uh, rocked by some things during the course of this year, to be sure. Uh, But we are the unconquerable people of the United States of America, and we can put that anxiety, that fear and frustration aside, and we can come together, and we need to come together. Uh, I encourage you to go and listen to the complete uh, speech there by Eleanor Roosevelt. I think it's one for the ages. Uh, It's one we often overlook, but it, it is one that contains the message that we need to hear for our time today. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, our good friend Terry Scow, one of the great veterans, one of the great veteran advocates in the state of Utah. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us.
2: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Utah's source for exclusive
1: access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today on Pearl Harbor Day. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And uh, if you missed our previous section, uh, segment, just listening to uh, the words from Eleanor Roosevelt, she was the first person to address the country. Uh, if you missed any of that, of course, you can uh, go find that podcast on our KSL News Radio app sponsored by Any Hour Services. We've also got that posted on our Facebook page today as well. And and so as we think of these uh, brave women and brave men who have defended freedom over the years, especially on a day like December the 7th, uh, we think of all veterans uh, and that great sacrifice. And as we were mulling that over uh, this morning and uh, thinking who would would really give us the essence of what that means, uh, an idea popped to my head and producer Kellyanne made it all happen. And I am just thrilled to have joining us on the program today. Uh, My good friend, Terry Scow, a longtime advocate uh, for veterans here in the state of Utah. Terry, thanks for joining us. The
3: great Boyd Matheson.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, So for our listeners, uh, Terry and I, uh, we had some great interaction when I was a chief of staff back in Washington, D.C. The best days as a chief of staff were the days that Terry Scow walked into the senator's office Because I knew we were going to talk about something that mattered uh, as it related to uh, to our veterans. And uh, Terry, you've been involved in so many things here in the state of Utah, whether it was uh, getting new buildings established and things for our veterans, especially those dealing with mental illness or homelessness. And uh, just I know you I know you've retired, but I know you really don't know how to retire. So I know you're still working for our veterans. But what should we be thinking about our veterans on a day like today?
3: Well, uh, Boyd, uh, uh, we continue to do the Lord's work, uh, as I say. We're looking after veterans, and it's certainly noble work. And, uh, you know, sadly, uh, with the COVID and many of the World War II veterans that are residents in our veterans' homes, uh, those folks are uh, really uh, confined to their rooms for the most part. Mm-hmm. Can't see any visitors. or are doing some patio visits. But I guess I would just ask uh, of your readers if they might uh, send some joy, if they could send a little gift or some kind of a thing. Because, you know, when you look back at December 7th, uh, when uh, over 300 Japanese planes attacked the American forces there at uh, Pearl Harbor, and, you know, the ultimate price uh, to Americans uh, from World War II is 400000 lost their lives, and of course, that's reflected on the great World War II uh, memorial there in Washington, D.C., and those bull stars each celebrating literally thousands who lost their lives. Mm. But uh, here in Utah, you know, if you look down in Utah County, at the Utah County Veterans Home, which is now named the, Mel- the Melvin Binion uh, Veterans Home, middle of honor recipient uh, for actions at Pearl down there reminded of that and uh, across the state uh, my American Legion post and Ogden Baker Merrill post 9 did a little Pearl Harbor uh, program this morning mm-hmm. uh, not too far from the Yonge City Cemetery so um, our hearts and minds are always with the veterans but particularly right now where these folks are are shut in uh, we would ask your readers to reach out to them and
1: So, so important. And, uh, you know, they, they really did show, you know, what it meant uh, to sacrifice and what it meant to put your own agenda aside for a season uh, and, and come together, do hard things and uh, unite around uh, the cause of freedom and, and moving the country forward. And uh, Terry, I know that you served uh, our nation, that uh, you were part of the 25th Infantry Division, the 5th Special Forces Group. Uh, during a tour in Southeast Asia, uh, but I know that a lot of your work has been this work uh, on behalf of veterans, being a voice for veterans. Uh, in fact, I uh, I believe it was uh, Representative Rob Bishop uh, who said that uh, he was asked about you one time, and he said I I struggle to think of anyone who has contributed more to Utah's veterans community than Terry Scow. And uh, so part of part of my thankfulness today is for your service, my friend. Uh, and I encourage all of our listeners and readers to uh, to take time today uh, to reflect. We we don't have very many of the World War II veterans uh, around anymore, but we have all kinds of veterans around, uh, and they all deserve our gratitude. Uh, Terry, before I let you sneak off today, uh, what what is it? What is the quality uh, as you've interacted for so many years uh, with our veterans, uh, particularly our our World War II uh, veterans? Uh, what is it? What was the essence that enabled them to do those extraordinary things in incredibly difficult situations?
3: Well, I would summarize it this way. Um, uh, the uh, the, the words duty, honor, country mm. means so much, uh, particularly back those days. And uh, my dear friend, Bill Kersofferson, who died uh, last year. Was a World War II infantryman, and we in, we in turn named the Salt Lake Veterans Home after him. But he recounted that when he joined uh, right after high school, they were so low on trim materials that he trained with a wooden rifle. Trained with a wooden rifle, and uh, and I appreciate your kind and laudatory words, uh, Boyd. But Belker Staufferson gave 50 years of service to the American Legion. He served. On the National Board of Directors, or the what's called the uh, National Jackie Committee, for 50 years, and and uh, I'm I'm attempting to do that now. I've only been in a half a dozen years. I I call myself the apprentice, but <laughs> guys like Bill and uh, uh, George Wallen. George uh, George Wallen was a Medal of Honor recipient at uh, uh, from Iwo Jima in World War II, and of course the, the the VA Medical Center is named after George and. We named the Ogden Veterans Home after George. But the, the great irony is is that George is very humble and very modest, uh, as was Bill. Uh, when they played the National Anthem or when they played Cats, uh, Bill would get tears in his eyes mm-hmm. because it has such a powerful meeting. And so the opportunity to interface with guys like Bill uh, and of George Wallen and another dear friend, Casey Cudamirum, who lives in North Ogden, a World War yeah. II veteran who served yeah. in the 442nd Regimental Combat Team, the most decorated unit in all of World War II. And so wow. I've had the opportunity to interface with these guys. They are my beacon. They are my North Star. And so we continue to do the Lord's work today, looking after veterans and trying to help those. Many of these guys are reluctant to ask for help. Yeah, And yeah. so, uh, you know, they've been awfully kind uh, uh I, I uh, I'm reluctant to say this, but Senator Pete Knudsen, before he retired, uh, got up on the floor of the Senate and said, you know that Terry Scow's a pain in the butt. <laughs> I I took that as a badge of honor, of course.
1: Because, Definitely.
3: <laughs> uh I, I push uh, you know, you're you know, I've learned that the public loves the military and they love veterans and uh, but you know, we had a lot of good support down there, be it Greg Hughes and of course Governor Huntsman sure. helped us. And, uh, Curt out and uh, oh my gosh i could go on and <laughs> on with but uh you know we'll come to them again because yeah. we need a bigger veterans home in salt lake city it's only 81 beds so uh if your listeners want to help us get after the legislators ring their alarm clock and say let's build a bigger veterans home
1: let's do in salt it all
3: county because uh, it's it's the smallest and should be twice its size so yeah. i leave that message with you boyd
1: awesome terry scow uh, so grateful for your service, so grateful for your leadership, and so grateful for you to be a voice uh, for so many of our veterans over the years. Thanks for joining us today. And all of you, you can uh, help out, as Terry mentioned, uh, sending a card, a letter, a video. Uh, you can do that uh, through uh, Happiness for Heroes. You can, we'll put all of this on our website, Utah Department of Veteran and Military Affairs welcomes uh, videos, letters, postcards, pictures, artwork, uh, all of that uh, to give a big thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. Uh, When we come back, we'll round out our uh, conversation about Pearl Harbor and the lessons learned and the lessons that we need to apply today. Stay with us.
2: Inside Sources.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and if you just missed that last segment uh, with uh, Terry Scow, uh, dealing with all of our uh, veterans and uh, really all of those who have served our country so faithfully, uh, but as uh, on this day we we celebrate uh, and commemorate Pearl Harbor and uh, as terry pointed out um you know there are there are still about 325,000 uh, world war 2 veterans uh, alive in in 2020 uh, but that figure uh of course is going down by the day sadly uh, about 296 of those vet- veterans from world war 2 uh, are are passing and to put that in uh, perspective uh, as we tried to do over the weekend in the deseret.com that uh, the last the last veteran uh they're projecting will probably pass away in uh 2043 but that person's going to be very old uh so time's running out when it comes to honoring the enormous sacrifice um and the time should never run out uh really on our ability to learn from uh these great heroes and heroines uh, who have served our country especially those Uh, that were part of that greatest generation. Uh, Of course, today marks the 79th year of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. As we have mentioned, President Roosevelt's uh, Day of Infamy uh, was the first of of many days of sacrifice. And it took a a long, it was a long haul and a heavy lift uh, to overcome tyranny uh, that was spreading around the world. Uh, This greatest generation uh, really was the greatest generation for many, many reasons. Uh, many many Americans like to think of themselves as, you know, hey, we're, we have freedom. We can pursue our own goals, our own interests, uh, especially those of us who live uh, here in 2020, uh, that we have this freedom to express ourselves through our, our dress, through our cultural choices, through all the things that we have uh, in this free society. And we can choose our own jobs, our own vocations, where we live, who we marry, all of those things. Uh, and uh, we are not super fond of Uh, anyone of authority, telling us what to do. But the interesting thing to me, and I think the lesson that we need to take for today, is that once Franklin Roosevelt asked Congress to declare war, once that declaration was made, the greatest generation uh, really lost its ability to choose a lot of things. For many young people of that time, fighting for freedom became the only choice. It was the only choice. Thrust upon them by world events, uh, regardless of of what their hopes were, what their dreams were, what the desires of their hearts were. We know in total that uh, over 407,316 of them sacrificed not only their youth, uh, but their lives to the cause. Another 671,278 were wounded, many in ways that would permanently alter the course of their lives. And so more than a, a million men and women gave a priceless sacrifice directly responsible for the relative ease, the comfort, the prosperity that we enjoy today, even in the midst of a pandemic. And so as we look at how that plays out and what that means to to each of us, the the fact that World War II put the nation squarely at the forefront of the world, a spot from which the United States uh, could demonstrate the virtues of American exceptionalism, of freedom, And despite the country's many flaws, and we know there are plenty, we don't conquer places to occupy and enslave. Uh, We seek to lift. Today's freedom and prosperity in Japan and Germany are a testament to that generation's defining core principles, which I think are, are so important today. In reflecting on the violence, the privations, the sorrows of war, British philosopher John Stuart Mill came to a really profound conclusion that I want to share today he said but war in a good cause is not the greatest evil which a nation can suffer war is an ugly thing but not the ugliest of things the decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling which thinks nothing worth that, that nothing is of worth is far worse So the greatest generation understood all of these things. Uh, Many Americans at the time, uh, still grieving losses from World War I, wished to remain in isolation. But when the time came, they knew what had to be done. They received that tap on the shoulder, and they stepped forward. They squared their shoulders. And that is why we are able to stand on them today. And we need to be grateful for that. And I encourage everyone to take some time to do something for a veteran today, whether it's one of our greatest generation uh, or whether it's someone a little closer to today, uh, take time, write a letter, send a note, uh, record a video. You can do all of that uh, through the Utah Department of Veterans and Military Affairs uh, to make sure we do that properly today. So for modern Americans, to say that we uh, owe them Thanks is, uh, is pretty inadequate, I think, especially on a day like Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, what we owe them is the resolve to continue their legacy, to never let down our guard against tyranny, and to make sure that these United States of America remain as a beacon to the world, Then we make sure that we cultivate a national character that understands some causes are greater than our own desires. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.
2: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.